to you, you darling human perched on the hovel by a hemisphere of your designation. By post date, it's the start of the weekend, and what other way to enjoy two days of rest than with a warm brew of fire water and distilled java beans, poured to a diameter of pleasure and sipped with convenient leisure. It's simply called a cuppa. And this episode is truly something to look forward to. So, where exactly, may you ask, do I get all these spirited yet colourful individuals to talk to? Deceptively simple. I just ask them. And more often than not, an individual comes along and makes the story a hellishly lot better to listen to. And in this case, one if by land, made two if by sea, to quote Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, how this all played out. I asked one, and then she asked me if another one could come along. Okay, all right. It wasn't exactly quite like that. I think this would be a better representation. <gasps> Hello. Well, hi. Name's Bruce. It's all right, I understand. Why well, trust a shark, right? <laughs> So, what's a couple of bites like you doing out so late, eh? Nothing. We're not doing anything. We're not even out. Great. Then how'd you morsels like to come to a little, a little get together on heaven? You mean like a party? Yeah, yeah, you're right. A party. <laughs> what do you say? Well, oh, I love parties. That sounds like fun. You know, parties are fun, and it's tempting, but we can't because. Oh, come on! I insist. Okay. Okay, couple of things. Number one, stranger danger. Two, my name is Chris, not Bruce. Three, I'm not a shark. I am a warm-blooded, pasty-faced mesomorph. And I'm a pescatarian. Although, pescatarians eat fish. <sighs> so, yes, that's how my paths crossed with both Hillary and Mackenzie. Both are exceptional, sweet and all-endearing, and blonde. Keyword, keep that in your back mind. Hillary is a young-at-heart mother, a health and fitness enthusiast, and just a newly freed spirit who achieved sobriety within entering her 20s. Mackenzie is Hill's comrade-in-arms, or rather sobriety in this instance, an educator who also achieved sobriety at 20, and now almost a decade down the line, begins to enjoy her freedom with both humility and a sense of lip-smacking relish. But instead of yapping on and on, I thought it best to sell this episode something to the value like this. Mike Buffer, cue. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Gents, gather around and feast your ears to a special edition. Two women gathered together with one man, one mic, 
A triple whammy. It's the blonde, bright, bonny, bountiful, beautiful. They'll beat you up with love and bruise your spirits high with joy. Now available in the next minute. It's the blonde, battery sold separately. Jokes aside, you're going to enjoy this conversation thoroughly. You'll hear each of their stories, gain a foothold to their insights to life, and enjoy their sweetened sensibilities. Now, before we hit the road, get in touch with me via my Instagram, by my handle at Chris Nell Media, Radio Acting Music, Facebook, Chris Nell, my first and last names, and my website is the following, www.chrisnell.com. Coza. Reach out to me to book an interview, or you can hire me for my services I offer, or perhaps you can just sample some goodies that I have. So get ready for the Blonde Takeover. Off we go. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Whatever We Have in Stock Are Us, your one-stop place to shop for whatever we happen to have lying around at the time. And now, for our feature presentation. (sighs) Nothing like the finest selection. Nothing like the open road. Let's see where it leads me. My name is Chris Nell. In a burgeoning career spanning half a decade, I've done a bit of everything. I've walked the boards on the stage. I've essayed emotions and intention down the barrel of a lens, and I've kept the public on its toes through the coil of a mic. Now, I've entered the world of podcasting. During my quest, there's many questions that need an answer. There are many voices yearn to be heard, and many stories aching to be told. I want to hear them all. I'm a vagabond with an insatiable curiosity. Now I'm hitting the road. Welcome to my journey.
are invited to hear the stories and the views of people spanning the globe. You'll be taken places through the odyssey of your imagination. From the palm trees of California to the Everglades of Florida, the prairie hills of Alberta and the cathedrals of Montreal and beyond. Come along as we discover the hidden truths to matters of the heart, matters that knowledgeable people share, artists, activists, advocates and survivors. They share because they care, people like you and me. Join me as we learn what makes them tick. Sit back and strap yourself in. We're having a cuppa. go we've got one from north carolina we've got another one from the east coast should i be scared or shan't i be scared i think i'm gonna be i'm from new jersey i'm from new jersey so you should be like really like terrified (laughs) like i don't know what you've heard but it's all true south carolina oh you're from south carolina sorry why did i say north carolina i meant to say south i meant to say south north carolina technically i I see that's where my research marked up. But in any event, Hillary, Mackenzie, welcome. It's a wonderful opportunity to have you both here. Thank I'm so you. happy to be so here. Good to be here. Well, it was normally supposed to be just one-on-one, but now it's it's two for one. So let's see how it goes. And I've already got a stopwatch going because Hillary threatened me and said, this podcast is going to be out of control. I've already subtitled this The Blonde Takeover. And so far, I'm the only one busy talking. Come, 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 come. I would like to welcome everybody to the Blonde Takeover. <laughs> welcome to Hillary. Hey, we welcome go. to our, our circus, Chris. Chris Nell is no longer with us. <laughs> there we go. And it's only been one minute, 20 seconds. I win. Let's, <laughs> let's begin at the beginning. Hill, okay. uh, as one does with a topic of this caliber in any success story, There's a bright presence which stems from a buried past. Where did your relationship with alcohol begin? My relationship with alcohol began when I was about 13 or 14. And I drank for a very short amount of time because I got sober when I was 20. So, but from the very first drunk, there was a goal to get drunk there I never drank socially that was never something like I didn't just have one glass of wine like the goal was to get drunk so 
that's where it started. And it just, it was like a rapid plunge for me. I didn't have like years of um, sort of managing it or even trying to manage it. I didn't even, I, I just, it was just how, how, how messed up can I get as quickly as possible? That was the goal. Mm. Whatever substance it was, alcohol was primary, but there were drugs too. And that's what, that's where it started. And what kind of, did you do party drugs or any other kind of hard drugs? What was on your menu? Um, <laughs> you make it sound so nice <laughs> on my menu. Um, I did, um, I got into cocaine for quite a, really? about a little while. Mm -hmm. um, and then also any kind of prescription drugs. I used to, okay. I got diagnosed with like migraines when I was really young, like nine or 10. And back mm -hmm. in the day, they didn't have like migraine drugs. They had narcotics. That's how they treated you. So that's sort of where I started to got introduced to all of them. So like by 16 or 17, I was hooked on codeine and Percocet and all of those. And I was already doing the like, trying to switch doctors and get more like all so it was like more a lot of prescription drugs and cocaine I, that was my really those were my drugs of choice mm -hmm. now mac you share the same merit as what hillary does since you also became sober when you were just entering your 20s but from the conversations that you and i have had uh in, in correlation with hill your story has certainly not been delightful as well. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's interesting. Hillary and I have like scary similar stories. Um, I had my first drink, my first drunk at 14, and I got sober a month after I had turned 20. So when mm. I like met Hillary, it was like this weird met, <laughs> virtually met <laughs> Hillary. Like it, it, it was this weird like connection. Um, and then it's like evolved into like, I just love her so much. Um, but we, that could be a whole nother episode. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I mean, since as, for as long as I could remember, um, like really young, I've always had you know, a lot of anxiety, um, never feeling quite right, um, never fitting in, like, like all of those feelings, insecurities. Um, and then, at 14, I found alcohol and the first, I'm never going to forget the first time I ever had it. It was like, I had arrived, like everything went away. Like I could be who I wanted to be. I could, I could talk to, like it was all the anxiety and, and the insecurities, all of those feelings I've had for like 14 years, it, it just went away like poof. And, um, like Hillary, the goal was to to not feel anything, not to like sip and like, I mean, I was 14, so that <laughs> obviously that wasn't normal. Um, but it, it, yeah, the goal was to numb myself and to not hate myself. And, and alcohol did that um, until it stopped working. And um, I had a quick, but really destructive uh, career drinking, like, mm to the point very destructive um like hillary like i didn't like like lose like you know i didn't like mess up marriages or jobs it was it wasn't like that it was very different um externally but like it it was um it was a wild short awful ride <laughs> to put it lightly 
I think that's what makes it so amazing. I feel so grateful to have met Mackenzie because I have actually yet to, she's, I, I know they're out there obviously, but she's the first person I've met that got sober at 20 also. Right. It's, it's, it's especially rare currently. Yes, I do agree. It, it is. I feel like um, to, to meet people that are still, it, it's, it's just amazing. It, and our stories are so similar. So when you meet someone that it's like, that exact same time frame it's very unique kind of an experience to get sober so young in college with it's just a whole different level but also to hit sort of a feeling of complete desperation before you've lost all of those other things that you hear everyone lose so it's um it's really it's a different it's really cool to have met someone a very different kind of criteria i do agree and you were speaking about college now unlike Myself, for example, where I was previously reluctant to talk about my dark days. You, for example, have not been shy at all to admit that you were abusing alcohol. And sorry for bringing this up again and for sounding repetitive, but by contrast, you didn't have any nightmarish episodes of arrest or wanton destruction of property, etc., etc., etc. But there must have been an inner turmoil, the kind of wounds that people don't get to see, right? Yes. And I think that for me, too, when I really got honest with it, when I first, well, keep in mind, too, I I went straight to AA when I was 20. Um, and so I was open with everybody there. I didn't really start recovering out loud until the past couple of years, really more the past one year. But um, so there were a lot of things that when I first went to AA that I would hear people talk about in meetings about losing their house and going to jail and losing their family that I couldn't relate to. And I used that as a way to sort of say that I didn't need to be there. Mm. Um, but mm. when I really got honest with myself, a lot of it just had, I hadn't gotten caught. I had drove drunk all the time. I just hadn't gotten caught. Um, I was, cheating and lying and stealing, I hadn't gotten caught. So I think I was just, I, there was a lot of inner turmoil. I absolutely hated who I was when I was 20 years old. And I look back at that young woman now and I can love her because I realized there was just so much pain and sadness, but I, I couldn't, so I just think, I guess what I'm trying to say is I do think a lot of those things, those crazy things, you know, the jail and all that, I think those are right around the corner for me. I mm. really do believe that. And Ken's, that counts duly, especially in your case. Now, you've been very brave to share about this in HJ3, which you, myself, Hill, and a whole bunch of our mutual friends attend. Can we give a shout out to HJ3 right now? Gladly. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Love y'all. Love you, people. <laughs> I want to know, you've not been shy about the night that you planned to commit suicide. What was running through your thought process at that time? I can imagine it was devoid of any reason, but just riddled with all kinds of heartache, hand over fist. Yeah, well, um, I was in a, a blackout that night, um, so it's, it's kind of... Um, hard to remember specifically um, 
but my alcoholism like literally brought me to my knees um the last few months leading up to when i got sober in december of 2013 that fall winter or it, it was the worst time of my life and um so i guess what i'm trying to say is, is it, i didn't just like wake up one day and was like today's the day that like i, I can't live any it was it was coming and it got to the point where every morning i woke up i was pissed because i was like awake again and self-hatred like that's putting it lightly like i i i i was in pain a, a type of pain that um i can't really describe and yeah it, and alcohol worked until it, it stopped working and then i would just feel worse when i drank and the night um the night that i <laughs> the last time i drank it was it was um yeah i i i was gonna kind of end it and i didn't have like that thought like throughout the day like tonight's the night like it was you know i went out with some friends and then it, it escalated it it got really you know it doesn't matter but um sure i got into i got really drunk and um i ended up you know on the side of the road um went home with a stranger ended up like jumping out of his car and literally on the side of the road um, in the dead winter in New Jersey with two, three feet of snow on the ground in the middle of the night alone. And I called my mom who uh, was in AA at the time. And um, I told her that it, that I couldn't go on one more day and that, you know, the next car that, that was going to uh, drive by, um, I was going to jump. And, and then I hung up the phone and she had no idea where I was. And I like, I didn't jump in front of a car. Obviously I'm here and I'm sober, um, but I can't really talk about, I can't really talk about that night without talking about God. Um, Natalie, go for it, please do. Because <laughs> if it was up to me, I wouldn't be here right now. Um, you know, God had a different plan that night. And instead of jumping, I um, laid in the snow and um, started to go unconscious. <laughs> and my mom found me. And I don't know how she did. Um, I don't know. We, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense logically how she could have found me when I, she didn't know where I was, but she did. Um, and my life was saved that night. And, um, you know, the, the, she brought me home and then, the, and, and I don't know if you want me to go into this, but that next morning, like was when, um, you know, she said, I woke up and those feelings of the shame and the guilt and all of those awful feelings that I felt every morning were worse than ever, except I had like this, this little tiny minute shred of hope that because I didn't die that night before and my mom said, you know, you never have to feel this way again. And that was that gift of desperation that I think is so important, at least for me, that like saved my life. And um, that day, you know, I went to my first AA meeting and, and I've been sober um, over seven years now. So congratulations and thank you for sharing. You were very brave in doing that. Clearly a sign someone up there loves you and you're here for a reason. Now let's move on past the past and let's move on to the present. I must admit first, 
It's been a privilege for almost a year now for me to interview many women who have had problems with alcohol and drug abuse or both. The first thing that I notice, and I'm not saying this because you are here or for whatever other merit, and perhaps you can shed some light on this for me, both of you, but the very first thing that I notice, God's honest truth, is a beauty unmatched. Not the kind of beauty that you would get courtesy of a tube that you find on the shelf of your local pharmacy. It's a kind of effervescence that transcends even the most definitive and descriptive words of the English language. And you know how, I, how my command is of English, so that's worth saying something. But I think it's part of the healing process in recovery. Needless to say that you're both a walking, talking example. I mean, you, Hillary, being so svelte, and Mackenzie, you being so radiant. Am I wrong in that perception that the same example that, that I've just expounded upon that you both have experienced? Like, for example, when you met Sarah for the first time, you think, wow, this woman is just dropped-dead gorgeous. How did you get that way? I think that what that is when I meet people like Mackenzie and Sarah um, and so many other so many other people in recovery is that there is a, a, a beauty that comes from from someone who is happy and who is um, who, lo who who loves their life and who trusts God with their life and who I have to talk about God too because it's a huge please part do. please do. every you know let me um, say that can I backtrack to gladly gladly about? there's no restrictions I wanted to say that the the last when I got sober the last night I drank I was pulled over um, by a cop for drunk driving and he let me off and wanted to um, um, let me call a friend to pick me up. But while I was waiting there, I heard, I, it was like God's voice saying, if you don't change your life, um, this is it. Like, it's going to get really bad for you. And I heard it like as clear as you and I are talking, and I know it sounds crazy, but I have to talk about it because it happened and it was the thing that got me sober. It was like, I knew it was like, God was talking to me. This is it. You're at the end. You're at the end. There are no more chances. This is it. You got to change. And, <laughs> and I did. And, and that's, and that of all things, of all the things of, of putting myself in horrible situations and people telling me to stop drinking and, and hurting people and all of these things, those didn't get me to stop drinking this voice did. And so I have always sort of, I never forgot it. And I've always sort of just known that I owe everything to God saving my life that night. But I think going back to what you're talking about with the, I think it's a, there's, there's a peace with people. Uh, I can talk about women just because I'm a woman, but just with, with women who know themselves and who love each other and love people for who they are in the moment and embrace the moment and live in the moment and trust God. There's just a peace about them. And that is absolutely beautiful to me. It's just, it doesn't, doesn't even matter what someone looks like. It's absolutely gorgeous. I don't know that I made any sense with what I just said. So I'm going to let <laughs> Your turn, Kins. Um, yeah, no, Hillary made perfect, perfect sense. And 
Hillary and I um, have similar, not to speak for Hillary, but like, (laughs) we have very similar um, like outlooks on recovery when it comes to God. Like we joke all the time, like we can't not talk about God, you know, and and I'm probably going to sound like a lunatic, like like a crazy person, but I, I don't care because it's, it's your truth. You can tell, you can tell when someone has been saved. I think. Yes, mm. um, I agree wholeheartedly. And like Hillary said, it doesn't matter what physic they look like, like or what they're going through in that moment, or like like I'm going through a lot of shit right now. Um, mm. But like, I look at myself now, like I still feel like radiant. Like, and that's so weird (laughs) as I'm talking about, like, but it's because like, I have this, this utter trust and reliance on God today that like, I don't run the show like God, I don't even know how this is coming up, but like, I just (laughs) like, what am I talking about? But like, it's, I get it. I get it. Like it does. It's, it's. It's one thing to be like sober in AA, whatever. I was sober for seven years and like wasn't really like understanding this whole like God, like giving my will over and, 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 but it's like, I get, it's just like. (laughs) I think I understand what you're trying to say. An indescribable feeling, which the secular base would call a God complex. Right. Like we're not God blocked. No, there's a there's a way to there's a beauty in when somebody can be going through life, but in their eyes you still see peace. I was about to say the same. There's there's the words can be coming out of I'm going through this or there's something scary, but in their eyes you see peace. And I think that's just what that beauty is. Yeah that peace. And to I was me, about to say the same thing. You hit the nail on the head. Yes. See, thank you, Hillary. Thank yes. you for for saving me as I'm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, that's what I'm. <laughs> when Plan I A do. fails, revert to Plan B, which is basically Plan A but with an element of panic. <laughs> exactly, and it's it's just so. It's like a type of beauty that you like. You say you can't find anywhere. I mean, when. Not at all. Um, when, when you have just this trust um, in something greater than yourself, really. That's kind of what it what it boils down to, I guess. And speaking of, Kens, you've really gone on to better yourself. There hasn't been a time that I have not seen you smile. You just mentioned you're going through some turmoil. Please don't expound. But it's not just a normal smile. I won't. It's a smile from ear to ear. And your voice never, never, ever, ever does not sound anything shy than sweeter than honey. In the last while, let's say where you said you were sober for a period of seven years, but now only have you gone deep into your recovery. How has your self-image changed in that period, especially? Um, I always like have, especially since I got sober, like I really have like, started to love myself, you know, and then that self-hatred really did disappear like seven, over seven years ago. But um, life was still kind of hard in recovery. Um, I was still, you know, doing everything they say to do, like in like going to meetings and like 
everything. Um, but I, I wasn't experiencing like this, like new freedom and happiness and, and fourth dimension, which we talk about in our program. Like I wasn't, I thought I was like incapable of that. Like I thought I didn't deserve that or I didn't get it or, or whatever. I thought people were full of shit. And like, just, I'm like, I, I just, and then um, a couple months ago, I I went through the steps again in AA. I'll just say it um, in a very can't look at her blush. I'm to beat her on the bush. <laughs> um, and I did it in a way that it was meant in a not complicated way. Like mm. it doesn't, I'm, doesn't matter in the past, but but the difference was was that I brought God with me now like god has always been there he saved my he's been there my whole life i've always believed in god he physically saved my life that mm -hmm. december night 2013 and i always knew he was there right but it's like i would i would still try to run the show and like i would be going through like hard things and i'm like what the hell and then like i would try my way and then my way wouldn't work and then i'd be like okay god like okay and then it, it was just like this cycle of like, I was just getting in my own way all the time. And sure. um, I come to realize that like, who the hell am I to be running this show? It's God. Mm. This is God saved my life. I owe it to him to live in his will and to be his employee and to, and to, go into every relationship, every conversation, every situation as how God would want me to, not how Mackenzie mm. would want to. And in turn, like, I don't live a life in fear anymore. I'm not worried about outcomes anymore. I trust that everything is perfect exactly as it is right now. I look just, like I said, like I'm going through something right now, like hard. And it's not what I like up to me. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. Like I, I wouldn't even be able to come on a podcast and like, and like talk and like laugh and like smile. Like if I, I, I didn't have this trust with that, everything's okay, you know? And like, for me, it's, it's just, yeah, I've been sober seven, over seven years, but these last couple months, um, it's like a different life. This is like a, a life beyond anything I, I ever knew existed. And um, it's all been right in front of me. I just wasn't ready, you know, and I, I and um, I don't know. So it's, it's comforting knowing that um, I don't have to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders by myself anymore. And that like God, God's got it. And, um, mm -hmm. and it's been and so yeah. wonderful watching that with Mackenzie, you know, I'm a few years older than she is. <laughs> well, you wouldn't say it because you two are perpetually sisters. Maybe it's the blonde. Uh, I'm a couple of years older than Mackenzie is, like 19, 19, 20 years. Um, but um, it's so awesome to watch her go through this, like, mm -hmm. and to find that peace. I didn't, I haven't known Mackenzie that long. So she just sort of, I, I didn't know her much before she went through this. But it's right. so amazing because it's it's so weird because sometimes it's like we are so much alike. Um, and it's like I'm like <laughs> down the road. It's like I can see because I'm like older than her. It's like I see the I can see so much of what's ahead of her. And it's so exciting. 
it's so exciting. Like I know the like I know like I've I've been because I'm older. I've been married sober. I have four kids sober. So like it's just I know how much happiness there is, and like I just want that so much for I want that for everybody. I want just everybody to find that peace. But I'm just it's so exciting. But don't you think it's because of the fact that you have a fully developed maternal instinct, being both a wife and a mother, that helps you see that for for Mac? I think. Um, or is it just your natural intuition? Um, I don't know. Actually, the answer to that question, Chris, whether it's a maternal instinct or a, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess Mackenzie could be. I mean. Thanks for pointing that out, Mackenzie. Yeah, no. yeah, I was now, waiting for now. Now I feel old, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I hadn't really thought about it like that. But um, <laughs> it's not a bad thing, and it's not a reflection no. on your age at all. No, no not at all. No, no, I honestly let me just stop for a second with the age thing. I'll joke about the age thing. I love being sober and 48 years old like i feel better than i've ever felt i'm happier than i've ever been you're pulling my chain are you shy from 50 yes yeah Yeah. you wouldn't know i don't believe you yes chris yes i don't believe you Uh -uh. when i met her and she was 28 Mm -hmm. years sober i was like what did you get sober at like three when i was five it was very yeah i remember doing the math like the first like meeting or whatever I, or on zoom or maybe i don't remember but i'm like huh i'm like how have you been so much years there's not a chance on god's green earth hillary you can be in your 40s and still look so beautiful not a chance <laughs> Thank you, chris i love you I you're love my you. favorite person ever now <laughs> it gives well, me hope well how old do you girls think i am speaking of well i know that you're 28 Okay, you hit Someone me. Someone told me, right? Damn it! I thought. Am I right? You hit it on yes, the head. and I was mind blown. I cannot yeah, believe because that. you're so smart. You're so smart. You have to be forty. <laughs> I had such yeah. nightmares last night from, <laughs> from what I did. I thought, oh my, I'm, I can't come back to this meeting anymore. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, it's just so funny because we all literally need dictionaries because you just and and when you speak, you you're so calming and it like literally sounds like literature when you speak. And then I come on and I'm dropping F-bombs. Yeah, and I'm like, like, um, like. um, (laughs) But that's your individual characters, girls. And that's what makes you special in your own right. Well, thanks. No, you you articulate yourself. No, seriously, we love I love when you share. I just feel dumb sometimes. Right. Well, you know what? <clears throat> I've, been told, I've been told. I've been told by my issue. previous employers, in fact, to tone down on that on that talk. Mm-mm. Let's Mm-mm. be let's be oh. realistic here for one second, because this counts in sobriety as equally as much as anything else. Um, Sarah has joked about this consistently, but and I said this to uh, Steve Matthews, who's been on my podcast recently, that brutal honesty takes any kind of form. There's me who. Who, who who communicates in a transatlantic accent and there's you gals who are dropping F-bombs to get the point across. <laughs> I'm not joking, it's the truth. <laughs> it's just funny, you even made that sound lovely. <laughs> lovely. Lovely. Well, 
to be entirely honest, um, I shed my native accent very young because I'm English trained. If you want to know how my actual accent is, this is how it's supposed to sound because we roll the letter R in South Africa. That's how my accent was. But I think when I was 16, I transferred to an all English prep school where I did my grades 10, 11 and 12. And we did the proper Brit uh, Oxford means of education. So you had to be very, very nifty in your diction, your elocution, spelling, the whole spiel. And they would nail you if you weren't um, so on the dot. Sense now, wow. Yeah, and like I was shocked when I found out you were from South Africa. I just thought you were from England. And and maybe I'm just naive. And you know what? You wouldn't be the only one. Even my own kinsmen think I come from, from the UK. In fact, when I transferred to the English-speaking market, because I worked in the Dutch market when I began in radio, uh, when I transferred to the English market, when I auditioned, it was a sit-down like what we're doing here, and they asked me a couple of questions here and there, and they, you do an IQ test, believe it or not, where it's, they ask you a couple of questions about general knowledge, true or false. And uh, God, What was your IQ test? I have to know. Yeah, what, um, what is it? I can't for the life of me remember. I don't believe in those things to high. tell you the God's honest it's truth. Been high. No, you know what? The, the, IQ, the IQ test thing is rubbish, and I'll tell you full why. Because if your intelligence is brought down to a number and it's not according to a specific standard, that's dehumanizing. Yeah, on I the, agree. On the flip yeah, side, I'm so though, big on that as a teacher. On the flip side, on though, I, I am a big adherent of what is now called a multiple intelligence or a multiple personality test. Without sounding too Einsteinish, what it basically entails is we all have different strengths and different weaknesses. For you, example, Hillary, your strength might be athletics. Yours might be science, McKenzie. So this multiple intelligence tests allows you it just asks you a couple of questions of what do you like and what don't you like and i think you have a total of four responses and then afterwards it gives you a breakdown of are you kinesic are you uh, assertive are you physical are you mental and then what kinds of professions would fall within those parameters and i think it's a lot more neutral than what a stringent iq test is i personally think that stuff is very very demoralizing and I think oh, same here. multiple personality, uh, multiple personality or multiple intelligence tests should be the better norm for kids today. Yeah, it's I don't I hate these standard tests that my kids have to. It's I hate them. Too. Yeah, it's so not real. Like it's so not um, like real life. It, it's it's yeah. But that that's a whole nother conversation. Sure. I'm with you, Chris. I'm with you, Chris. But. Carrying on the conversation, I'd like to talk namely about your Instagram handle, Hillary, because all I see whenever I, I peer through it, and you don't put up a lot, but more times than not, you'll put up something uplifting, and all I see basically is color. Has that been your vision statement when you uplift people with the content that you put up to incorporate color, or was it just more a case of, let's try this out, and you dip your toe in the water and see what happens? Um... I got to be honest with you, the Instagram thing, I didn't put a ton of thought into. It was a new, um, I started it like eight months ago. Um, I was never even like, I had a, a different Instagram account that I rarely ever used. 
In fact, I actually only had the account. I had started an Instagram account a long time ago just to kind of keep up with my kids and I never was on it. Um, and then I just, when we moved to South Carolina, I was like in a, just a new phase. I'm like, what is next for me? I really needed to figure out like, I, like what is next for me? Because my kids are in college. Two of them are graduating in May. The fourth one is a junior in high school. So she's leaving for college in a year. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I feel like I have a whole life ahead of me still. Um, cause you know, I'm only 33 cause I got sober when I was five, yes. um, but, um, <laughs> but, clever no, but, said, um clever said. but I do, I do. Um, so, but there, I just had this overwhelming urge to have a, a, a whole page related to my recovery because I just feel like I'm so tired of, and I've said this so many times, I'm so tired of seeing people die from this. And I mm. feel like mm. I wasn't doing enough. I felt like I really wasn't doing enough. And I just I just had this urge to start this page. And I was like, I'm just gonna see where it goes. And I'm just gonna post what I feel. I don't put, I don't, I don't like try to specifically post what I think someone's gonna wanna hear or if I, what colors are gonna look aesthetically pleasing. I post what I feel, what I do, and and that's that. And um, it, what's amazing is I had no idea there's this huge, massive recovery community. Hey, neither did I. If it had, I had no idea, and I had really all but sworn off social media because I'm like, it's just stupid. I mean, I was like, this is ridiculous. Everyone's not living off, like everyone's just putting whatever they want to look the best out there. And then I come on this recovery community. And, and you meet me and your and whole life changes. And I meet you too. Lunatics. And, and you, Chris, and we all meet each other, and, <laughs> and we meet HG3 and it's one big happy fucking family. And exactly. But who would have thought? Okay, go on. Who would thought that that circumference would lead to that destination who we, would have thought i just had took no idea i thought just i just took one gonna, big risk i thought i was just gonna put start putting some out things out there and um see what you know maybe somebody will come upon it and hear something they need to hear and it'll help them and um but it has led to so much more incredible oh, relationships i it's, some of the people i have met now know more about me than people who've known me for years. I mean, um, it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I'm so open and honest with, with especially our, our HJ3 group. Um, How do you think I feel? It's scary. It is scary, isn't it? Because a I mean, bit. I'm I mean, a... not scary, but it's amazing. I meant it scary in the sense of that's how amazing it is because you don't know yeah. what to say. You don't know how you feel at that time, which is especially foreign for me because I'm an alien coming from planet Mercury um, <laughs> and living my life majority of the time as more or less an introvert, now opening up to a place that I adore or a community that I adore from a from a country that I have so much respect for that gave me the training to do that I what I do. I literally have to pinch myself every time that I that I that I wake up every morning thinking but how could have how could this happen? How could this happen to me? I'm a square boy from the east. <laughs> I keep my expectations exceptionally low. <laughs> I I it's funny. I have always been obviously, well, believe it or not, this will be very shocking to you guys, but believe it or not, I was actually extraordinarily a shy shy person up until I was like the age of 10. No way. And then I have no idea what the hell happened, but obviously I'm not anymore. <laughs> but 
I mean, but like, I'm not kidding. I was what I was the kid that my mom actually had to have a chart. She had like a chart and she'd give me like stars if I would like even just say hello back to someone. Like that's really? how scared of people I was. Wow. I was so like painfully Same. shy. Same. Painfully shy. And then I I don't know. I moved when we moved to Washington DC area when I was like 10, mm -hmm. I it just all all I don't know that my my true self came out. I don't know. But here I am. But um but it is that it is it is amazing the people that are in my life today. And it's so crazy to me that I have not been in person in the same room with any of you guys yet. Like, and yet you, you know so much about me and, and my true self. Well, you know what? Saya Nelson, who we also know from HJ3, they, she recently, Hi, she recently celebrated Saya. a sobiversary. Yeah. And um, Marty, his yeah. wife, yeah. Hey, Marty. Marty. Hi, Jim Marty. Hernandez, who's been a guest. Jim. Jim, love you, mate. Uh, all went down to Denver to celebrate Sayers' Soberversary. Now, um, there's another party who asked to be anonymous, who was also in that, in that entourage, who met Jim and Marty and them for the very first time, but she knows Sayer. And where they got to meet face-to-face -face after having spoken through a virtual screen so long, it was an experience second to none that it was... Still authentic, but now it was just on a more deeper level, seeing that it was physical. I, I can't even I, imagine that. I'm I like craving her. it. I stalked her. I told. I think I talked about this at a meeting today. I literally stalked her Instagram the whole time they were there because I could feel it. Like I could feel. I was blown away just seeing them all meet in person for the first time with the pictures that they kept posting. Jeez, because I was like, the love. <laughs> it, it was it was it was mind blowing and. And I was just so happy for, for all of them to be together in the same place. It was amazing. And I don't mean to jump the gun, but if that can happen with one person because of virtual meetings and camaraderie that extends beyond borders, especially now in the States, because I mean, one person lives in this state and the other person lives in another state. and The other person might live on the other side of Greenland, whatever the merits may be. But I'm excited to see how the recovery community is going to evolve beyond virtual meetings. How that relationship is going to expand when it comes to face-to-face. -face. Who knows? But only time will tell. But one can be optimistic. Savvy? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's... Sorry. No, go ahead, Mackenzie. I just think it's wild, like, how... I'm going to answer your question, but here we go. Like, I just think it's wild how... <laughs> I have been going to so many meetings in seven years, like physically with people, like net, like in big meetings, like, but I have never felt this connection and this love that I have, like for you guys that on Zoom, mm -hmm. like it's so, I can't even describe it. And I think I can't describe it because it's like a feeling and it's hard to right. describe feeling like, and like a year ago, if you were going to tell me that like I was going to meet like th that I was going to like come out to the world on Instagram, first of all, that I was an alcoholic, like I would have said no way. Secondly, like like me like and, and then I was going to like meet all these these people and um, I was like, what? And then I'm going to tell you guys all like my deepest, darkest things. And then I'm going to love you and like talk to you every day and like go on these meetings every day. Like I've been like, you're out of your mind. Like what? Like, are you on? Like, what are you drugs are you taking? 
And um, and now look, like it's Zoom is like my favorite thing ever. And and it's like mm. we're on a computer, but I'm like with you. And I can't even imagine meeting in person. But um, I just think it's just something to be said, I guess, about connections with people, regardless of whether you're physically. And beyond that, I think it's all part and parcel of God's master plan for us in recovery, I think. Yeah, I I tried to not. Yes, thank you. I I was going to go on another God tangent. No, you're more than welcome to. There's no judgment. I'm I'm Christian myself. I'm not Catholic. I'm non-denominational. But God comes first and foremost in everything that I do. Recovery first and everything else second. So please, never be ashamed of your convictions. Please. And Kenz, that brings me to your Instagram handle. Yours might not be, it's not cast in concrete exactly the same as what Hills is. But every time that I see a photo that you put up in those deep, deep truths that you speak out about what's on your heart. The first time that I saw a photo, I thought, wait a second, is this a modern day Cinderella that I'm seeing here? God bless you. Really? I thought, wow, this woman is drop dead gorgeous. Thank you. But... What goes through your mind every time that you put up something like that? Do you just want to speak your truth or does it fester in your back mind that you think to yourself, hey, maybe something can, somebody can benefit from what I'm sharing here, but it can also go counterclockwise and someone can take offense by what I have to say. So today, like I have to speak my truth. I feel like it is what God wants me to do. Um, I have to. I'm like compelled, and I, it's like like I said, I've I've been sober, you know, like seven years, and and people, um, my family, like close friends, like people, obviously in AA, know um, that I'm an alcoholic, and the last couple years I've been like, kind of like, in this like inner term, like. Like, I kind of want, like, everyone to know. Not, like, everyone look at me like I'm an alcoholic, but, like, this is who I am, you know? And And, you're not ashamed. And I'm not ashamed at all. Are you kidding me? Like, I was ashamed of myself before. Like, not not this self. And, Mm. um, you know, COVID happened. And and I don't know. I just got last spring um, this this sense. And and it took time. and, And I, like, came out to the world, like, to... And the response was like overwhelming, you know, like, I mean, I'm a teacher, you know, and it, like every it, it's out there. And like, yeah, I kind of grappled with like, oh, my God, if parents. But and then I'm like, yeah, but like, would parents want their kids with someone who's <laughs> about potentially like, destructive better? <laughs> right. And I'm like, so I, I did like that was kind of like hard to just like it, it wasn't like I like it easy. But now it just makes sense. Like the people that like, in, first of all, I now like Instagram, like I speak my truth, but I'm like, what would I, what would I need to see? Like those months, like those couple years leading up to, to getting sober, like what would I have needed? And I think I would have needed like a young person to like, say that you can have a life beyond your wildest dreams sober like that you don't have to live like in this hell anymore even if you're young you know like Hillary and I have been like talking about this a lot especially this week like as we were talking about like this message that we want to convey on this podcast is that like and I know Hillary's going to speak about it too but I 
young people need to know that like your life doesn't have to end you know like if your feet like i wanted to die like my friends in college didn't you know like like i thought i was like this party fun like this was like nor and it it wasn't you know and and i and i just want young people to know that if you're feeling those things that like it's okay and like there you can have like this amazing life like without alcohol and, and it's it's just hard you know like being in college and it's your whole world like for me personally like my friends were drinkers like i hung out with like the, the the people that drank like me like it was all my world got flipped upside down like when i got sober um i guess is what i'm trying to say in terms of i had to change everything and um that could be scary for people of but, course like, it is this is life or death you know and like for me for me it was um i don't i can't speak for everyone but um and then just kind of really quick going back to your instagram so i feel like like with like do i make like a separate um and hillary and i have talked about this too like do i make like a separate like instagram just for like sobriety but i feel for me like it's all one like all like one instagram like that this it's like, like a diary yeah like it's it this is who i am and um i don't know so it it um it's changed my recovery though in like the most beautiful way like being so open and vulnerable and like i really don't care what people think about the post because like this is who i am you know and and the old me was like embarrassing not this new me talking about how my life has been saved so i just think it's um and if it could help like one person like one person just be like okay like maybe like like doesn't have to suck or like if she can do it like i can and it's, that's just how i i, I how, that's just how i look at it that's exactly you want to say something sour patch I, oh my gosh she's referring to me as a sour patch kid this is like i agree with a sour patch kid Max has referred to me i'm calling him out as a shark i mean like i i don't know but you know what i'm a shark you anyway i love you anyway because that's who i am today i i love you um and, she loves uh, go yes, ahead sour patch yes, would, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right um <laughs> I get bullied everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. Hey! Bullied, bullied on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean Are you to. kidding? I don't care. I don't care. Um, Please don't cut this out. This better be. be I'm not. No. No. And <laughs> okay. Sour Patch does have something to say. Um, I agree with everything Mackenzie just said. Um, <laughs> uh, but. To me, the, um, just, I took, it took me 26, I mean, I was sober 26 years before I told everybody, here I am. I, really? this is, this is who I am. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't trying to hide it. It's just that mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel the need to be vocal about it until I really looked around. And as my kids were getting older and I'm realizing they're telling me some st things and just, just looking around and seeing so many people in pain and dying from this. And then I remembered how 
how I felt when I was 20 years old. And I'm like, maybe something I can say um, by having that perspective of getting sober so young can help someone else. And I just felt this overwhelming need to start sharing about it. Mm. And I don't, I, and, and I feel the same way as Mackenzie does. I don't, I don't worry about how someone takes that today because it's not something I'm ashamed of. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for it. I'm, I'm, and, but I do think that, I mean, Mackenzie and I have talked so much, especially lately. We talk all the time about it, just about young people. And that is, that is who I feel so compassionate to get the message to our young people, because there is an expectation that that's a certain lifestyle when you're young. And, mm -hmm. and, and some people can go through that and have that party phase and they come out of it. I, I wasn't one of them. I wasn't one of them. And, mm -hmm. and it almost killed me. And so I feel like people need to know and see there is, there is a, it's not just an okay life without, without drinking. It's an amazing life. It's, 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 it's beyond amazing. And it was hard at first, but I did have to change a lot. I mean, I had to change a lot. I mean, I had to change like all my friends and everything, but, yeah. um, sure. but it, it. every, yeah, but it, it, it's amazing. It, it's it's a great life today, and I feel I feel like how do people know that it gets better if you're not there to show them it gets right. better? So and true. how That's you so had a modicum of success with it, especially in Mackenzie's cases. Sure, you said you're in your mid forties, but you've got a young at heart approach and a young at heart personality, which rubs off on the younger generation. So don't be surprised if that should be your calling in life. Yeah, I I joke with Mackenzie about this all the time. In fact, I send her a text because we we send each other these ridiculous text messages. I mean, like <laughs> our text string is absolutely ridiculous. And texting, um, <laughs> texting, texting. Let me just lay claim on this: texting, not otherwise. Yes, carry on. Texting. <laughs> what? <laughs> So I heard we, something we, else. Sorry. Oh, you did? Oh, I did. no, I'm not sexting with Mackenzie. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what I said. What the hell? I heard exting. Oh! <laughs> and of course, that's where my mind went. So, Sorry, here we are. I'm wearing off an earphone because I'm listening out for airplanes flying over my house so okay. I can hit my microphone. Okay, sorry. Okay, we got through that. Okay, um, anyway. Um, I have no, I totally don't remember where I was going at that point, except that me and Mackenzie sent each with other texting, text. With texting, yeah. And, right. With texting can, can be borderline Capital silly sometimes. Um, but what was my point? I don't remember what we were just talking about now because I got, you oh, because we, so we talk about all the You being young of heart we, and rubbing oh, off the younger generation. I, I joke about that. I think I just, I, like, I don't feel I am older than Mackenzie. I'm, 
How old are you? 27? 27. And I'm 48. Okay. So I'm yeah. 11 years. 11 years older than, tw yeah, 21 years. 21, sorry. No, 11. 20. No, 21. Yeah, I'm not 11. Yeah. We're going to keep It's the it, weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Oh if we gosh. suck at maths, okay. we suck at maths. Okay, we suck at math. Yes. Okay. Um, and I don't feel, I really don't feel that much older than Mackenzie. No, I don't, we're like equal. I don't know. Like Why husband. the hell aren't you girls busy preaching this to other women or other young people as a whole? Because I've always said, I'm now 28, I'll be 29 in two months time. But the moment that I came of age, I said, I'll stop aging at 21. That's it. Finish. The rest of my life is just plain life experience. Yeah. My, my, my own kids motto. have said to me, like, how, my son, who's 20, almost 23, will sometimes be like, he's like, Mom, how, how old are you? Like, how old are you? And I'm like, I can't, you know, I just, I love life. I do. I like, and I love to laugh. And I know Mackenzie and I were talking about that. And this was actually my last <laughs> post on Instagram about laughter because I was terrified I would never laugh again. That was so important to me. And the first time I laughed in sobriety was really when I realized, okay, I can do this sober thing because I know I can laugh. And like, it's essential. It's essential part of life to me. Ab absolutely. I can't imagine a day without laughter. Otherwise I become I incredibly depressive. And you can laugh when you're going through hard shit. I need to say oh, that. Oh, sure. Like, Absolutely. I didn't think you could. I thought it was so black and white. Like, you have to be sad and in Virtual mean high five there, girl. Yes. Like, yes. There's like that middle. Like, you can experience both at once. Like, you can you can be going through something and laugh. Yeah. And be okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, girls. Let's find our places. In a piece. Who's Namaste. Oh Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be open and honest with you girls. I have a couple of fears in my life and I'm now headed on to year three in my recovery. Even though we talk about this regularly in some form or another, even though we as addicts and alcoholics can relapse and should we, argument's sake, we try our best to always show love and compassion provide open arms for someone who's tripped up to help them out of the abyss if there's one fear that i have is that i'm going to relapse and all the hard work that i'm currently busy doing is going to go down the drain pipe do any of you have similar fears so i i think in the in the beginning like that kind of scared me a lot like the relapse and like the resetting the time and everything and while I don't think anyone is at all like immune of like we're all like we we all are like just a drink away right like it's but today it's just not about the alcohol for me anymore like I don't really think about drinking mm -hmm. you know like my alcoholism is, I don't know, like coming in and, and getting sober and just realizing that like life was just so hard for me, you know? And, and then like coming in and like working the steps of like AA and like getting like really into like this program, I just, 
I just stopped thinking about alcohol, you know, and you're talking to someone who like couldn't imagine their life without alcohol, like at all. And now it's, I don't really think about relapse or I really do. And then like, not to be cliche, but I really do take it one day at a time. And like, sometimes like one hour at a time. And um, not that I'm like immune to like <laughs> relapsing, um, just for me, I know like if I'm staying first and foremost, like in God's will and showing up and being out of self and showing up for others and staying connected to like my people, that like I'm going to be safe and that like I'm not going to drink. And like, I know that for a fact. So yeah, I just think, um, I just think that for me, it's just such a, it's just really not about like alcohol to me. It's like so much more. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense. Um, it's your truth and it's your thoughts. It's your like thoughts. It makes 100% it, sense. And it's so important. Like that was such an important question you asked. So I'm just trying to articulate it the best I can being that, um, I don't know, it, I it's, I don't really think about drinking. I haven't I haven't thought about drinking in a really long time, to be honest. Like that obsession to drink was lifted really pretty quickly um, once my life started to get better and I realized I could live a life better than it was before with alcohol. And then like finding like God through all of this, it was like the icing on the cake to like, this is what I want. I'm like, this is what I want for the rest of my life, like one day at a time, but um, you know, just life, it's just better. Like I haven't like drinking, I just don't think about it. I don't know, Hillary, if you have. I, I think, yeah, exactly, Mackenzie. I think that um, it's kind of a two part thing. Like in a, in a way, am I, do I ever want to go back to that? No, like, does it sound horrible? Um, I don't ever want, I don't want that way of life anymore. I don't want to live that way anymore. Not just with the alcohol, with the, my, how I was, who I was. I don't, um, but I don't, the obsession to drink for me was lifted years and years and years ago. I haven't thought about drinking. I, I really, I mean, it doesn't even, I don't think about drinking anymore, but it's also, so I don't fear just getting drunk um, because I do believe today, I believe that Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go here. I'm gonna have to go to the big book. I'm gonna have to be talking about the big book now. But um, but it. I am gonna say that it's it's um it's you know I do believe each day I believe I'm an alcoholic. I'm never gonna not be an alcoholic. But I do believe mm -hmm. that each day um, I have a reprieve. You know, based on my spiritual condition. And I believe that if I if I if each day I trust God and I and I get out of myself and try to help others and do whatever I can out of a place of love, I believe that I, I don't believe I'm just going to, I don't believe I'm just going to be struck drunk one day. I think there's going to be a lot, if I'm going to drink again, there's going to be a lot of things that happen before that. Um, mm -hmm. And that's so important. It, that and it, that. and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, it's sort of like if, if I have a, someone who has like a heart condition or something and they, they get, they have the heart condition, but they can take, if they do these things, if they take medicine and they 
exercise and they do all these things, they have this great chance of not having a heart attack again or whatever the problem was. But, but if they don't do those things, then they might be in trouble. It's sort of the same kind of concept. The way I see it is sort of like, I have this disease. Yes, I'm an alcoholic. Um, but if I do these things, I'm going to be okay. And, and to me, those things, it, it ultimately all comes down to like they talk about in a lot of the literature, which is just my, this, my spiritual condition. Um, right. And so uh, yes, it's scary to think of doing that. And I don't think, no, like Mackenzie said, do I think it can never happen to me? No, but I, I feel that I, that if I maintain, what am I trying to say, Mackenzie? If I maintain- Well, I think Hillary, you made such an important point that like, you, we don't just get struck drunk. And like, personally, I believe like a relapse happens like long before you take the drink. And I don't know if that's okay to say, but like, that's how I- I feel that way too. I feel that there's a lot of things that are gonna, I'm gonna start thinking I can control everything again. I, sure. I, I would not pray. I would not meditate. I would not- Talk to people. Others, I would only, I would only be consumed in myself, and I think those things were good, would 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 be happening. I don't think I'm just going to walk into the grocery store and pick up a bottle of wine if I'm in good spiritual condition. I don't and, think I will. And they also they talk about it like with like. I'm going to butcher it, so help me, Hillary. But yeah, I butchered it too. I butchered it with like. <laughs> You're going to come to a point where like the alcoholic is like faced with the drink and like it's only and God is going to be our only defense. And like right. that. Yeah. Perfect. It's, like you can literally give me a glass of wine right now. But right. OK, like, well, I, don't I don't want it. No. I don't want it. Right. I don't even want it. In fact, I said this to Mackenzie a couple of days ago. Even if somebody said to me today, like, yeah. Hillary, you, you, you know, even if God said to me today, you know what, you're, you're not actually an alcoholic. You're, you're, you're good to go. Like go drink again. I wouldn't, I don't want to. I love life and reality today. I mm. love, love reality. I don't want to escape from it. No, anymore. not at all. And that's, and so I wouldn't, if they had a pill that said, you know, someone has actually asked me that, like if, well, maybe they'll come out with a pill one day so you can drink normally, which my initial reaction is like, why the fuck do I want to drink normally? Like, I want to get drunk. I don't want to socially drink. I don't even, I'm not even interested in that. It's so not appealing. Like, oh, like, do you want to have like a glass of wine? No, I want like, three bottles. Why? But like, right. that's not, <laughs> what? That's, yeah, so I don't, yeah. Ladies, this next question is going to be very tricky and it's not to catch either of you out because of your outspokenness, but really I want your input on this. I have an extended portfolio of social media for the pure and simple reason for namely advertising this podcast and advertising the various productions that I'm involved with. So everything work-related. Um, I recently cancelled my Twitter account for two reasons. Number one, it's becoming a festering cesspool of name-shaming and everything negative towards life, love, and everything else, I find, you find on Twitter. On Instagram, I find recovery is the most prominent and Facebook is just Facebook. It's a combination of personal and professional. But out of all three, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's Instagram that sits on the throne with the most vocal and visible influences. 
Why, in your own opinions, do you think this is? I have no idea. Um, I think Instagram's just really popular right now, too, maybe. Um, but Twitter was there first. Instagram came after. I was I never a fan of Twitter, and I never yeah. used Twitter. I never understood it. I never was like, I don't get it. I don't, but see, like, you guys are still really young. Like, I like this, all this social media stuff, some of it just like literally makes no sense to me. Snapchat, like the no, kids, I, had, like, that uh, makes yeah. absolutely no sense to me. Well, you know, um, what, speaking as a millennial, an umbrella term which I hate because I identi don't identify with that label at all. When it comes to Twitter, putting your idea or your vision in a certain amount of finite words is impossible. It doesn't work for me because I have too much to say. Yeah, it's exactly. like exactly. But with Instagram, yeah. it's the polar opposite. Now, Instagram is owned by Facebook. I'm led to understand. Right. Yes. But. Twitter came first after Facebook and then Instagram, but now Twitter is used to disseminate uh, news, if you want it literally at, at, at your fingertips. But also, it's like in this finite amount of, 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 of wording that you have to get your idea across. But it's just surprising, especially where Instagram now is owned by Facebook. You can do the exact same amount of sharing with Facebook but yet it's Instagram. It's a weird phenomenon. And I've continued. I think there's a lot of more young people on Instagram. I mean, my kids don't use, like, they've, they've always said like Facebook is for old people. And I use Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do use Facebook, um, but that's why I post like, I don't post all my kids' pictures and stuff on Instagram because my Instagram account is public. So I just sure. like, yeah. for reasons like that, I just, I don't. But um, I, so I do use my Facebook account, but um. I think there's just so many more people on it. So many more younger people are on Instagram. Yeah, I just think it's like just a friendly app too with like just the picture, like you have like a picture and the, where Twitter, it's just, oh, to me, I've never been, I think I have a Twitter, like I like from like 10 years ago, I don't know, but it's, um, it was always more just like serious-ish. I don't know, with oh, like yeah. just- Oh yeah, oh like, yeah, you've said a bit of the night. Like you said, just like like 150 characters, like blurb, like little like blurbs, blurbs. Is that a word? Yeah, yeah, blurbs, yeah. Blurbs, blurbs. Bits, segments, blurbs, bites. Blurb. Where like Instagram, it's just like a friendly app. I don't know, oh, like yeah. with just the picture and the post, and um, hopefully that made sense. And I know like Facebook too. Um, like I have a Facebook, but it's more. It is like older and like you mm. connect more with like family and like cousins that live out and I don't know, it's not, I don't use Facebook like I do Instagram. They're kind of like separate. I mean, I've, I've come out on Facebook you've, too. That you've kept them both yeah, as separate entities, have, right? I don't have, it's not, it's like, I think, I'm not separate from my sobriety. And my sobriety is who I am. Like I don't, I don't compartmentalize my life. Like here's my sober life, here's this, but like on Facebook, that's where I, I mean, it's a lot of the family, everyone knows I've, I've, I've made posts about my sobriety on Facebook, but I also am very blessed today to have a lot of people in my life that are very close friends that, that do drink like normally. And so right. it, I'm not the same, I'm not trying to do the same message. My Instagram is specifically like for anyone who needs to hear something mm, to help them mm. about alcoholism. Um, whereas I don't want to flood my Facebook with, I, I want, I, 
I don't, that's, I don't need to just, I don't know. I just, it's just a little bit different. They know, oh. but I don't post all about sobriety on my Facebook account. And there's a perception I want to share with you two girls. Um, since doing this interview series, since I don't want to lie to you, but let's say it was August, September, 2020. I've more or less kept my eyes open to the people who I come across and I would like to reiterate again, it's been a huge blessing for me as a person to be more or less embraced by both the American and North American recovery communities and coming to know you two girls and becoming very much very chummy. And I can't help but notice that the... What? Why are we laughing? Because I look at Mackenzie sometimes and we just... We just, oh. we just Sorry, go on. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm completely. Should, should, should I turn down the? Should I turn down the? What the, is it? Can you the, define chummy? No, when you say chummy, it just makes me smile. Friends. Friends. Okay. Friends. Co- camaraderie. I, I like it. Yeah, I do too. Can I say something, Chris? Gladly. I'm going to interrupt you because I want to just say how amazing it has been to watch your growth. Yeah, like I'm going to flip this. I'm going to flip this for a minute because go for it. watching you grow, watching you from the first, I don't know how long the HJ3 meeting has been going on. Month and um, a half, two months, maybe. Well, like February. More than that. Is that it? It's going on like three. So from, but just the beginning, like meeting you, like, and now you're so much more open with all of us and that's amazing that's amazing thank you like to watch you become more open with us is such a gift because then we can get to know you yeah it has not been easy and the main cruxes for me being skittish in the beginning was number one identity crisis uh treading unknown waters because i need to backpedal or backtrack rather a little bit when i began this interview series my hope was trying to get a vocal recovery community in my native homeland going. Sure, we have the facilities, we have the uh, rehab, transitional rehab facilities, we do have NA, we do have AA, but not like with social media. I don't see any one of people my age, and I'll be 29 to reiterate again, talking about their experiences. I think I'm the only one to do that, to my perception. But ultimately, when I began doing the interview series, putting it up, there was a small minutiae of interest, and then it died. But overseas, completely different story. And when I was asked to start by Sarah, again, Sarah Elizabeth, love you, sister. Uh, to love start you, Sarah. At- love you, Sarah. To start attending Happy, Joyous, and Three, the first two words that came through my mind was, and I'm going to use curse words, oh shit, I'm fucked. Because if I started sharing my story, I thought wait a minute, these people are going to think there's a snake in the grass. They're going to say, no, 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 no. You're a big, fat fake. You don't have a problem. You are just faking it for some sense of notoriety. Get the fuck out. That's the thoughts that went through my mind. But when I began doing my step work, it hit me the one day, what have I ultimately got to lose? All our stories are universally similar. Whether I'm here in South Africa, the next person could be in the UK... America, we all bumped our head and we all uh, 
stepped into a pothole one way or the other, emotionally, physically, and psychologically, that made us want to use. So I thought, ultimately, take the dive, and if you crash and burn, wow, what an experience. But maybe someone... So I was stuck in self, long story short. But ultimately, having shared, it's been a weight off of my shoulders, knowing that I have got nothing to lose, and I'm obtaining first world experiences and first world knowledge. And that was just initially what I thought for the first couple of months. But now it's become a lot more deeper for me in the sense that you've become like a like a family to me. Well, so it's, it's, a gift. it's a gift to us to get to know you, who you are, too. Like, that's just a gift. It's a it's 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 an honor when people trust you to show you their true selves like that's mm. like I'm, I'm always so honored when somebody shares something because it, it then inspires me to be just to be more vulnerable and honest with everybody else because that's that's what are we at the end of the day what are we here to do but to help others and mm. like mm. give back what we can I, I don't know I don't know what else there is to spread love as much as we can what else is there I, I don't know and I said this not last night when I spoke, the previous time that I spoke. No one edged me on to start being myself. I had to take that choice myself to open up to you all. Even though I carried this dark cloud over my head for no reason at all of being a foreigner, I had to charge into my valley and see where I would ultimately come out in the very end. But that experience you can't put into words. I was hoping someone was going to say, if you do it, you'll feel a lot more lighter. No one did. I took that risk, and here I sit before you today. And I don't think I would have achieved that if I didn't ultimately make that choice, courtesy of the big book, attending HJ3, doing self-study, reading up about Bill Wilson, and lead, letting it all in God's hands. To edge me on and say... I don't think I would be where I would be either, without all of that. And girls, as we begin to wind down, I was trying to say this uh, before Hill, you before Hillary, before you wanted to, to to flip the script Sorry. on me. Sorry. Not a problem. Wait, hold Not on, a... hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't get to say what I wanted to say about you. Oh, oh. go for it, Mac. Um, now you're interrupting. Now you're interrupting. Yeah. So you're more than welcome to. It has been such an honor, like, to watch you. You have totally changed since we've really since. You really have. Yeah, completely. And um, it, I'll take that. Thank like, you. In like this Zoom box, like I've just, I'm like seeing like your soul more. Like I just, I don't know how, um, here I go. You know the eyes, the eyes we were talking about? That like I see it. In the eyes, you can see it now. Yes, I see it in you. you I see an imperious eyes. So I really appreciate that. And I know just speaking... Making this about me again. Um, <laughs> I um, go, for, for me, like when I would be in fear, like oh my god, like they're gonna think this, this, and that. Like, like for me, like that's like so in self. Like hmm. I need to speak like my truth, like no matter. And then in turn, I get like all of this love back because like I'm letting like people in. Like and we like, give it, and we give others a chance and to give service to us. That's and it's an honor, like it's yeah. such an honor for you to be open and like on it. Like it's, it's so the opposite of like what like our crazy thoughts think. Like it ends mm. up being like 
this beautiful, magnificent like right. portal opening. Like it's not, and like, that's not even something. And, and that's not even something I think that gets just for being an alcoholic. It's like you take that out. That's that's it's. Uh, I literally just lost my train of thought. Um, but um, no, I. Oh my gosh, I had a thought when Mackenzie was talking. Mackenzie, go back to talking. Go back. <laughs> that happens to me so many times, especially on radio. If you're trying to follow a thought through, and I then can you never be on radio. Blank. Oh man. I think what you both are trying to say is the experience is so gratifying, but you're thinking to yourself in self that you follow a concise structure. First, you have to be in denial. Then you have to hold back and hold back and hold back and hold back until eventually the pot boils over. And then at that point of emotional surrender, when you start sharing, then you start to experience that side when that raw wound is expo exposed for all and sundry. I remember what I was going to say. Remembered. I knew. Now, I remember. I remember um, what I was going to say was the Mackenzie said like you're honored when people trust you with your and I when I did a couple of months ago I had probably only known Mackenzie for a month at the most before mm. I asked um, her and um, Rushi who we love too. Love you, Rushi. Love you, Rushi. <laughs> and with your Sarah pixie voice. <laughs> to um and I, I i had something i needed to talk to them about and it was basically like you know for those familiar with the steps it was basically i need to do a fifth step on something and and i texted each of them separately and i said i i need to i i would would you consider listening to the and, and literally within seconds of sending each text each each of them responded the same way i would be honored like can we do it today it right, after the meeting, right after the meeting today every single one of them it wasn't like and I get that because that's how I feel about like, it's, I get you. It's an honor to be able to listen to somebody be vulnerable today and to open their it. truth to you. I love it too. It's when it's, I couldn't love Hillary anymore. Like after that experience that like she allowed us to like be a part of it's life changing. It's like, right. and it was life -changing. dramatic. It's Agreed. life changing hearing it. And like, when and when you when you tell someone something, when you share with someone something about yourself that you are terrified that that for a second you're terrified, are they still gonna love me? And yeah. they love you more. That is a sense that that freedom and it's it changes you. It it transforms you. Yeah, and I did the same to Hillary. I, like the two weeks later, I had to call you about something, the same thing, and it was, it's um, like this is what it's all about. Like this is like what I crave like this yeah. is like like my high is like love you know yeah. and and connecting. forest meeting forest forest all right Just give a shout out to forest shout out to forest hey forest the infinite, the infinite forest uh, love meeting oh man but what i wanted to say am i going to be interrupted again caveat no, we are <laughs> sorry. 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 the people who the i've thing, come to imagine being married to me it's a nightmare it would be a roller coaster ride. It would be a roller coaster ride, <laughs> and one that I would look forward to every day and every day thereafter. I'm going Walmart. to tell my husband you said that. Is he going to kill me? No. Okay, thank no. God. He'll be like, hey, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Todd. I'm no. like, Here she goes. <laughs> no, I think Todd is, I believe Todd is very, very blessed that you are his queen and you're the pearl in his crown. But what I wanted to say is that 
meeting you two especially and everyone who I've come across, people who have had a struggle with serious bouts of addiction are the most creative people to boot. I mean, there's there's Fergie, who's a welder. You're a teacher, Ken's. Hill, I don't know what you do for a trade, but... <laughs> I, I don't either. That's a great, that's a great fucking question. <laughs> what do I do? But you is Who equally am I? creative. No, like Hillary first... is Hillary. <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I don't say. I don't know that I'm creative. Um, I say you are. Just take. She's like the most loving person I've literally ever met in my life. Bam. Oh, that God. is your trade. You're a lover. She is. What, what are your sentiments you. regarding that? Have you also had similar experiences where you've just come across people who are with you in recovery and they're just so creative and such people's people? Everyone. I love everyone in recovery, no matter whether we have the same interests or not. I think there, anytime someone is faced with, well, anybody who's faced with death and, and destruction, self-destruction, Destruction, yeah, um, and comes out uh, into the you know you, anyone who comes from darkness and walks into the light, it, it's a, it's an amazing thing. I feel like I'm immediately bonded with them. Mm, I mm. I love it. I love it. I love people in recovery. I, I I do because they're they're so fearless and they're so authentic and um, absolutely. It's just they're such a joy to watch. They're literally the yeah. best people, and I'm not just saying that because I'm. They're really the best people. They really are. They, They're there awesome. is something to be said about having your life saved, but knowing that, you know, because people come in and out, but like knowing that like you are worth, like you are worth save, saving. Like mm. you, and, and you listen to these stories different. and you're like, yeah, you listen to these stories and you're like, they, they've saved, all that they've been through and you're like thank god they're here today it's a miracle to spread this message and i, I can identify that with that i went through that similar circumstance as well we're miracles like exactly like we could like sometimes i forget that like like none of us should be here like logically you no, know like no like when you look at it it's crazy it's how like, the hell like are you kidding me and i i didn't even want this no. Like it wasn't even attractive to me. And, and like Hillary said, like there's so many people in recovery. Like maybe I don't, I'm not like, I don't like, like I, but I love them. Yeah. You know? mm. Like maybe I'm like, Oh, that person, like we don't click, like that's fine. But like you, it's just this, this, but there's not one of them that's going to call me that exactly. I'm not going to get to that phone exactly. at any moment of the, the, the day. And then just finally quickly, Seeing that we're both, all three of us, are shining examples. Anyone listening to this rowdy conversation and yet uplifting conversation? Sorry? <laughs> we apologize? No apologies needed. Why should we? If anyone were to be listening right now that are either newly in recovery, sober curious, and who are desperately seeking help, what can we all say to them? I always say the same thing. You are loved. It will be okay. And you are okay. You are okay and you are loved and there is an amazing life ahead of you. I always say the same thing, that it will be 
just ask ask for help just ask for help and i'm here and i um i know mackenzie's here and chris is here and there's so many people yeah. that are here. i always because i've i always say to that is like if you're listening honestly like if you're listening and you're like what the hell do i do because like i can't do this for like one more minute or like one more day. Like you never have to feel this way again. Like no. you never have to feel this way again. You're and not alone. You're, you're not alone. alone. And please ask for help because people like we want to help you. Like I, we love that. I'm saying we, cause I'm speaking for Hillary. And we like, want to love you. Love and we want to love you. And like, you're not alone and you are okay. Never. And if you come and if you come in and you're willing and you're, like you're gonna have a life better than you could ever even imagine. It's indescribable, and you're gonna laugh a lot, like all the time. Every get day. in touch with us. Yeah. We'll love you, and we'll love you, and we'll love you. We'll, we'll laugh, laugh with you. We'll cry you. with you, the whole nine yards. Kins Hill, this has been <laughs> a pleasure par excellence. Thank you so much. I congratulate you, especially Keese, for what you've been going through and your state of mind. Hillary, what can be said that can't be said already? You're a shining light. There's so much ahead of you. I'm proud of both of you, and I love you all dearly. May this be only the start and never the end. Thanks again. I love you guys. Love you. was having a cuppa for this week we hope you enjoyed this leg of the journey until the next time we meet tell your friends and write us a five-star review on apple podcasts